This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app. And I'm Lyle Southwell and, and this I'm is Austin Walters. And you're listening to Faith FM Encounter with God section where we get into the twenty million movement, twenty million people. All studying the same passage of the Bible on the same day right around the world. But before we get into our Bible study for the day, Lawson, what have you got for the clue for the quiz of the day? All right, quick, here we go. Another clue for the quiz. I was paid for finding out the means to subdue one of the judges of Israel. Okay. So there you, you go. You were paid yeah. to find out... Mm-hmm. How to subdue one of the judges. All right, if you know the answer to that question, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 0491-064-669. And there is a prize coming your way. So give us a call right now if you know who it was that was paid to discover the secret of one of the judges of Israel. So I'm not a particularly great person, <coughs> morally at least. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that not that nice. You're not that great. Yeah. No. Nah. 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 Not at all. But anyways, let's. What, what are we? We're looking at. Nehemiah. Let's talk about. Let's talk about some great people. Let's talk about some uh, very moral people doing some very moral things. Why don't we go to the book of Nehemiah and let's get started with our Bible study right here. Nehemiah chapter five and verse twelve and thirteen, please. All right. The Bible says. So they said. We will restore it and will require nothing from them. We will do as they say. Then I heard the priest and required an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. Then I shook out the fold of my garment and said, So may God shake out each man from his house and from his property who does not perform this promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, Amen, and praise the Lord. Then the people did according to this promise. Okay, so that sounds like a uh, very positive um, outcome there, wouldn't you say, Lawson? Yeah, relatively. You know, of course, we're talking about this in the context that basically the nobles who have been stealing from the people and causing them to go into huge amounts of debt, which has led to them being in slavery to them, they've said, okay, we'll restore everyone without any cost. And they're like, oh, awesome, cool. Okay, so there's some unusual things that take place here because not only do they agree to do this, what does the Nehemiah then go on to, um, how should I put it, require of them? Um, Well... He then gets the priests to, he gets them to do an oath mm-hmm. to make a promise that they're actually going to do what they said they would do before God. So, yeah. Why do you think that he, why do you think that he does that? Well, if anything, it's, it's a, it's a mental thing. It's a, hey, we've actually committed to this thing and you've shown everyone that you've made an oath. There's no turning back. There's no, I guess, way you can squirm out of it. It's just like, oh, you have to do this thing. Have you ever sworn an oath? Um, oh, I don't know if I've ever sworn an oath that's this, like, hectic. I don't know. I've signed contracts before. Yeah, we didn't. It's kind of an unusual thing in today's world to swear an oath. Uh, producer Shell swore an oath uh, just recently. Uh, she swore an oath to be a good citizen of Australia. 
Oh, yeah, true. So there you go. Of course. And, uh, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, when you do like jury duty, you like swear to like uphold the yeah, law. Yeah, so we, we mostly see it in a legal system today. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in some ways, it's almost seen as being a way of intimidating people into telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is seen as a way of impressing upon them the gravity of the situation. Like, this is not just sort of something you just do. This is something that's actually really serious. Mm. Um, and, of course, becoming Australian citizen and swearing allegiance to this country, that's a pretty serious thing to do. Yeah. You know, that's, um, that's, that's, that's pretty full on right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty heavy stuff. Okay. So, when you look at the context here, of course... They have, you know, they've made some big promises. They're going to set their captives free, their slaves free. They are going to um, stop requiring interest on the loans that they have made. Mm -hmm. This is going to be something that is going to cause financial hardship. Yeah. They can afford this financial hardship because they are the wealthy elite. There's a very, very large gap between the uh, the haves and the have-nots here. And this has not come about as a result of, you know, as we noticed yesterday, bad decision-making. This has come about as a result of, you know, uh, genuine hardship that was out of their control. Mm. And so... You know, it's a it's a, it's a very positive kind of a situation. But you know, in asking them to swear an oath, in in many ways, um, what Nehemiah is doing is giving their promise legal um, a legal basis. Yeah. So if they don't go through with it, he can come back and say, "Well, actually, here's the record. You swore an oath before witnesses. It was uh, written down and recorded, and." you are now in violation of that. And it gives them a legal basis on which to act. Whereas if they just sort of made a promise together, it's like, yeah, well, we made that promise, but, you know, it didn't work out and this happened and that happened Mm. and and so forth. And and he could then drag them into the courts and the courts would say, well, you know, it's a you said, he said kind of situation. Mm. Um, He he said, she said, because we don't have any record of it. We don't have witnesses of it. But when you swear an oath, of course you swear an oath before witnesses. And there is a record of it, and it is it does become you know particularly in those days something that was legally binding. Mm. Okay, we're going to come back and talk about oaths in uh, more detail in just a moment. But there is something else that he does here. The Bible describes as being most, I guess, what would be very very unusual. Something that I will guarantee that you have never done, Lawson. Mm-hmm. What is it within the passage there? Can you find that you have never done? Um, shook out the fold of my garment. Okay. And said, so may God shake out each man from his house and from his property who does not perform this promise. You've never done that? I've never done. Oh, I don't know. I've like, you know, shaken out my shirt before, but to shake out the folds of my garment. No. What, what, why have you never done this before? Oh, I, I don't know. Have you done this, Lyle? <laughs> Is this like common practice? Are you shaking out the folds of your garment? Okay, go to uh, Acts chapter 18 and verse 6, please. Go to Acts 18 and verse 6. And let's see what, turning, the, turning, what turning. the Bible has to say here. Of course, this is a story about the Apostle Paul. 
says in Acts chapter 18 and verse 6, But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own hands. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Okay, so here Paul is in the city of Corinth, and uh, he goes, as he comes to the city of Corinth, this is a very metropolitan city. It's a uh, melting pot of the entire empire. It's one of the largest cities in the ancient world. Very, very successful location. And he... Uh, arrives there and he begins by preaching to the Jews. Mm. This was Paul's custom. He would always start with the Jewish people. Mm. And wherever he went, he would find some, you know, conversions amongst the Jews. And then uh, having done that, of course, the Jews, you know, they oppose him, they argue against him, they are, you know, just being completely stubborn. And so what does he actually do here? Physically. What does he physically do? He physically shakes out his garment. He physically shakes out his garment. And so once again, we have exactly the same thing taking place once again. Um, All right. So if if that's what's happening here, again, we need to to, um, understand... Uh, what what is it? What is it actually? What is it symbolizing? Why did why did ancient people actually do that? And I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just like exactly. I'm like I don't know because it looks cool. This is a kind <laughs> like, of weird thing. Like it's you'd a actually, metaphor. You'd, you'd actually find this uh, same thing ha- happening in the Roman Senate. Hmm. You know that the, the senator would would shake shake out the folds of his toga. Uh huh. Yeah. And so you've got Nehemiah doing this. You've got Paul doing this. Um, this was not an uncommon practice in the ancient world. So let me demonstrate, um, well, not me, let me demonstrate, but let me build a word picture for you of how this might actually work. Let's say that you go out into the field and you want to, you know, this is this is an agrarian society. You're going to harvest something. So uh, pomegranates, you're going to bring back a whole bunch of pomegranates, but there is more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. All right. So how do you how do you carry those? In my garment. In your garment. So what you might do here in Australia is obviously we don't have pomegranates in most places, um, but let's say that we are here in New South Wales and let's say you're going to pick oranges. Mm-hmm. What you might do is grab the front of your shirt, pull it up to make a uh, little spot and fill that with oranges. Fill it with the blessings of God. And we're back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so you have um, you have your garments full of the blessings of God, and then what happens if you let go of the front of your garment and shake those folds out? All the oranges would fall out. They all just fall on the ground. All the blessings of God. They're all just gone. They're gone. Absolutely. And so this was the symbolism of it. The symbolism of it was that you have your garments full of the blessings of God. And, you know, they'd lift up the hem of their garment because obviously they're wearing a much longer garment. And that is where they would, you know, fill in all of the, the, the produce, the, the, the blessings of God and so forth. And symbolic, they would lift that up as if it was holding lots and lots of good things. And then they would shake it out. Mm-hmm. Symbolizing that God's blessings had departed, they were gone, it was over, it was done. Mm-hmm. And so he requires an oath of them, and then he performs this symbolism. And when he performs this symbolism, very, very powerful symbolism, because uh, in, in what he's communicating, if you break this oath 
all of the blessings of God that you have right now. And the uh, the nobles of Israel, the nobles of Judah, who were there, were full of the blessings of God. They were the, this was the wealthy elite. Mm. And he's saying, okay, this is this is the result of what's going to take place if you uh, if you turn away from this oath. Everything that you have gained here, you are going to lose. Mm. And so he actually pronounces a curse upon them. Have you ever pronounced a curse on anyone, Lawson? Um, no, I don't think so. That's probably a positive thing. Yeah, yeah. Probably a good thing. <laughs> okay, so he actually pronounces a curse upon them, and he says this is going to be the result, and it's exactly the same thing as what Paul is doing in Corinth. And a lot of what you find is in the ancient world, a lot of these uh, traditions – you know, they had a very long lifespan mm. across many cultures, across a broad part of the world. Whereas, you know, in our modern society, culture changes so rapidly that, yeah. you know, as we were talking about um, yesterday, you know, we uh, three years ago, if you were sort of all grumpy and upset, you might talk about being pretty salty about something. And then- but even saying, like saying that now makes me like cringe a little bit because it's like, oh, that's so old. Yeah. Oh, yuck. Three years ago. Yuck. Wow. Here you've got a tradition that is the same kind of thing mm-hmm. that is, what, there's a thousand year gap between the two different, no, yeah. there's a, uh, a, a 500 year gap between mm. the two different uh, occasions. Mm. And so, you know, traditions in those days did def- definitely last a lot longer. Um, you find the symbolism of shaking coming into other areas where Jesus says, you know, when you go into a city and you go into a home and you share the gospel with that person, um, and that person does not receive the gospel, then shake the dust off your feet as you mm. leave. Uh, and to a certain extent, it has come down all the way to our day. Yeah. Something bad happens, what do you do? Shake it off and move on. <laughs> shake it off. Shake it off and move on. Mm-hmm. And that comes from the biblical concept of shaking the dust off your feet. Mm. That's actually a biblical term. Yeah. It's one of those uh, um, parts of the English language that have come to us from the Bible. Um, mm. Shake it off, move on. That's awesome. Um, and a lot of people, I'll bet, did not know that that came from the Bible, but mm-hmm. it does. All right, so let's talk about oaths. Let's go to um, Numbers chapter 30 and verse 2. Okay, this is where I think like I know where we're heading, and I was like... I don't know, it's a question I always have because like, you see oaths like up and down the Bible, but then the Bible gives all kind of counsels about oaths, and I'm like, uh, is that right? So Numbers chapter 22, was it? Uh, it was Numbers chapter 30 and verse 2. 30 and verse 2. 30 and verse Nearly 2. there. Numbers chapter 30, verse 2, and the Bible says, If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Or if a woman makes a vow to the Lord and binds herself by the agreement while in her father's house or youth. And yeah, that just goes on. It's like woman needs to do the same thing. But yeah, so it's like if you make an oath, if you bind yourself to the Lord, well then uh, you shall not break this word. It's basically what an oath is. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, that means that when you actually swear an oath, you need to be pretty serious about following through with that oath. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if we go to Matthew chapter 5, if we go, let's go over there very quickly. Let's see what the Bible says over here. Matthew chapter 5. 
and verse 34. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 34, the Bible says, But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. Nor by yeah, wait, 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 wait. Back up to verse 33. 33. Yep. Again, you have heard it said um, to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is of God's throne, nor by earth, um, nor by the earth, sorry, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is his city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair black or white, but let your yes be yes, and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. All right, so what do you think <laughs> is happening here where Jesus comes through and says this? Because obviously in the Old Testament, we're going to read lots of uh, verses in the Old Testament about swearing oaths, and the positive side of swearing an oath Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think Jesus comes through and says this? What, what's he actually trying to communicate right here? I think he's saying that like people were basically using oaths to act deceitfully in the way that like unless something was an oath, they had the ability to say, oh, that's not an oath. I can do what I want. I was joking about it. Yeah, it was, it was a joke, which the Bible says in Proverbs is, you know, the man who jokes is casting fiery arrows of death. But, um, like, yeah, it's basically if you, yeah, oaths were giving people an excuse to not just be honest people. And that's something that Jesus addressed, you know, things like that that Jesus addressed many times even in, in this in this sermon where he's like, oh, you've used the law to um, to make redundant, for example, like, the, you know, the commandment on your mother and your father. Here we see a similar thing where it's like, oh, you've, you know, used something that God's given you, swearing oaths to act deceitfully, which is just awful. So, yeah, that's that's what I think that it's saying there. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's an important lesson for us that we need to we need to learn we need to understand, and that is that um, as Christians we should be known as being honest people. Mm. We should have that reputation where we never need to swear an oath mm. because people say, "Oh, he's a Christian. Um, he's shaken on it, whatever it might be." He's given his word, and yeah. when he gives his word, his word stands. Mm. Those are the kinds of people that we need to be as Christians. And, you know, this used to be a part of the ethics of Western society because mm. Western society was built on a, on a Christian ethic. Mm. And, you know, when, when you talk about somebody who is like that, they are talked about as being, you know, he's old school. You know, yeah. when he gives his word, it's his word. Don't need, don't need paperwork, don't need a paper trail, don't need signatures, don't need contracts. He's given his word, that's good enough. Mm. And there were a lot of business people in the past who used to, um, who used to actually be like that. Yeah. Um, and they'd built a reputation that was so big and so strong over such a long period of time that people did not require contracts of them. Mm. The problem is that because we have moved away from that Christian ethic. Nobody these days will ever do anything without a contract in place, without something on paper, without signatures attached, which is probably a wise thing. I'm not saying that anybody should ever, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, recommend to people here, you know, in our modern age that we should um, just trust people. That's not what the Bible is saying. Mm. But the Bible is saying that we should be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I believe that here in the modern age, now that we've walked away from that Christian ethos, from that Christian ethic, that we should be known as somebody who will stand by our word and at the same time we should put our word into paper and sign our name to it so that people have security in what we're saying because that's the way that business is done these days and it's the way that it needs to be done because the simple reality is evil exists. Yeah, fully. And evil exists amongst Christians. Mm -hmm. It exists within Christianity. Mm -hmm. And because it exists within Christianity and people do the wrong thing and people get ripped off, people get destroyed, whatever it is, within Christianity, then it is something that you know we need to be careful of ourselves and not do foolish things just because we think we can trust everybody. We should be able to trust everybody within Christianity, but sadly, that is not always the case. Anyway, Francesca Battistelli, uh, if we're honest, great song. Truth is harder than a lie The dark seems safer than the light And everyone has a heart that loves to hide I'm a mess and so are you We've built walls nobody can get through Yeah, it may be hard but the best thing
Welcome back, everybody. That was Francesca Battaselli here with We're Honest on Faith FM. Lawson, take us to Deuteronomy. Oh, no, Lawson, take us to the next. Why Why has nobody answered this quiz yet? There's a great prize. What was that prize again? The Christian Race. Okay, the Christian Race right there. Um, okay, so where are we going to with uh, the clue to the next clue? Okay, so... We know that this person was paid for finding out the means to subdue one of the judges of Israel, but it was also the Philistine rulers who paid this person. Okay. So this Philistine person, rulers paying somebody to operate kind of like an undercover agent mm-hmm. to destroy one of the judges of Israel. You know, that kind of fits into what we would talking about before being honest and let you yes be yes and no be no i feel like in today's society like because of the 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 height of you know dishonesty and this person who we will be very careful not to mention Mm -hmm. um really really did achieve the height of dishonesty Mm, 100 percent. but i feel like in a way because there's so much dishonesty right and 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 it's you know there's yes we we fall into the trap of like, oh, well, if everyone's being dishonest, like I can just be a little bit dishonest for a good person, for a good purpose. And, you know, then you fall into the trap of it's basically like the redemptive violence cycle of like, you know, violence or dishonesty or stealing, whatever it is, gets met with more dishonesty, violence, stealing. It's, it's basically you're fighting fire with fire. Yep. And it never, ever, ever Works. It's the pagan concept of uh, the balance of good and evil, mm. where uh, the concept is that you need to have these, you know, both good and evil in balance with each other, else the uh, universe will be out of sync if there is too much good. Mm. And so, if there's too much good, then you need to balance that by having a little bit of evil. And so, that's where that's how you justify evil or a certain level of dishonesty. Mm. It's also interesting, like. Yeah, just just today we see like those movies about a bank heist or, you know, like the anti-terrorist mission. And it's like, ultimately, when you come at it from a Christian perspective, there are things that are just inherently evil. Mm -hmm. There isn't a balance that needs to happen. It's like, no, no, absolutely not. There's just (coughs) murder is evil. Stealing is evil. Lying is evil. It's all terrible. And I think... If any time, like, we live in a time where that's becoming more and more accepted. So, if any time we need to stand up for what's right, it's now. And, you know, the whole concept of there needing to be evil, the, the, the evil being a necessity so that we can understand what good is, is such a myth. It's a myth. It and is it's just ridiculous. And it's false. And it comes from the perspective, like, like it comes just from the love of sin. It's like, oh yeah, there needs to be a little bit of evil, but we need to get into our uh, into our Bible study right now. We need to read a passage. Where where was that? In it was Deuteronomy, I believe. Um, or man, Lyle is just yeah, having one. You need to get your head in the game. Yeah, no, my battery just went flat on my computer, and my Bible study just disappeared. <laughs> so now I have no idea where that verse is. So let's talk about something else while I grab another computer here and see if this one has a better battery. And ooh, this one doesn't have a very good battery either. <laughs> uh, we're having all kinds of fun here. All right, this uh, no, it's all right. I've got enough on this one, I think. Okay. All right, Lawson, it's all yours while I find the Bible study. 
Well, while Lala's finding the Bible study, I want to I want to take this time to remind our listeners that we are currently we haven't really talked about this today, but we're 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 continuing forward, you know, with the show. Um, we're super blessed to be able to do so, but we would love if you guys could just continue to send your support in, um, just continue to to show us love, send your messages in, because um, yeah, we're kind of in a place at the moment where yes, we are continuing on, um. But it's not necessarily indefinitely. So yeah, we don't know what's happening. We don't. We have know what's no idea what's going happening. on. So we have basically, none whatsoever. We're just here for now. And the the things you can do pray to help us. us with that is to pray for us and send us in encouraging messages about how the show has affected you in a positive way, hey, or hey, in a negative way. We want all the feedback we can get. So please be a blessing to us. But La, what's going on with our Bible? Deuteronomy study? chapter twenty three, verse twenty one to twenty three. Okay, Deuteronomy twenty three, twenty one to twenty three. Here we go. Here we go. The Bible says. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it would be sin to you. But if you abstain from from vowing, it shall not be a sin to you. That which has gone from your lips, you shall keep and perform. For you voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised with your mouth. Okay. Are there examples in the Bible of people who made foolish oaths? Um, yes. The children of Israel. Tell us about the children of Israel and their foolish oaths. So they made a foolish oath in Exodus chapter 19 where they said that they could keep the whole law of God, basically. Um, God came to them and said, hey, yeah, I have this law. This is how you'll be restored as my people. What's wrong with that? We can keep the law of God. What are you talking about? But then they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to keep it on the back of what we can do. We're going to keep it in our own effort. We're going to keep this covenant between you and us in our own strength. And they completely failed. In every they way, because that was seriously a, failed. Com, that was a really, it was an impossible promise. It was a foolish oath. Why was it impossible? Because they were trying to keep the law of God in their own strength. Okay, so we can keep the law of God. Yeah, absolutely. That's what the that's what the uh, conversion is all about. That's what becoming mm. a new person is all about. We don't need to, you know, give our lives to Jesus Christ and be filled with His Holy Spirit and receive His power into our lives so that we can keep on sinning. Yeah, that's not the purpose of Christianity. Um, it's not the purpose of giving your life to Jesus Christ and being changed. The purpose of giving your life to Jesus Christ is to be changed so that you can live a new life, which mm. you can live Amen. through the power of Jesus Christ. And anybody who comes along and says you can't keep the law of God, you know, um, yes, that is true in your own strength, but that's why conversion exists. I didn't need to become a Christian so that I could keep on sinning. Yeah. I was doing a fine job of that without giving my life to Jesus Christ. Mm. I needed to give my life to Jesus Christ so that he could give me the victory over my temptations. Mm. Okay, so this is important uh, differentiation here. And, of course, the uh, children of Israel, like they heard, they're like, yeah, well, Ten Commandments, of course, we'll do that. They did not stop to think that as human beings, for them, that was an impossibility. Mm. And I believe that God allowed them to do that because it illustrated probably more powerfully for them and even for us today the impossibility of just saying, yeah, of course we can keep the law of God. We don't need God in our lives. We can just do it. Mm. Um, and what an incredible, you know, sometimes when you've got children, it is um, wiser 
to let them experience their mistakes rather than protecting them from their mistakes. Mm. And so God lets us experience our mistakes sometimes, and uh, and and that's what happens. All right, any other examples of um, of really bad oaths? Really, really bad oath. Do you remember the story of Jephthah? Jephthah. Jephthah. I I can't tell you that I that I do. Where's that found? He's he's a really really random guy in the book of Judges. Okay, yep. So he was a judge, and he was like, "Yeah, okay, God, if he was, um, uh, if you give me victory over you know um, our enemies." I will sacrifice the first thing that I meet when I come home. Of course, you know, living on a large farm and an agrarian society and an environment where you raise your animals by hand, um, whenever you walk onto that property, you're going to be met by animals. Mm-hmm. Um, it so happened that the very first thing that he was met by was his daughter. <laughs> yeah, so that put him in a whole bunch of hot water. And is a huge lesson for us right there. Don't make Foolish oaths. Yeah. Ever. It's a terrible, terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Which is another good reason why, you know, God, yeah, Jesus says, look, just let your nay be nay and your yay be yay. Your yes be yes and your no be no. It's interesting here. It's like, but if you, it's like, oh, God would rather us abstain from making a vow than making one that we can't keep. Absolutely. Mm. All right. This is um, the, a man named Job. You're listening to Faith FM. was a man with all the possessions that this world could hold The father's riches seemed to overflow But all he wanted was you A blameless man who feared God turned away from evil The greatest man his land had ever known But all he wanted was you Tempter came to try to set the Lord against his soul To strip away all that he'd ever owned But all he wanted was you Yeah, just you Just you
may travel for days to give him counsel now But they don't know what they say, they only tear him down He starts to question their ways, it seems they've led him wrong But then he starts to complain, that's when we hear the sound A voice that comes from the wind is here to question you And since you tried to contend, I hope you hear the truth That all the wind stars and skies, the raging seas, the waters rise You can't deny I'm the one that all this has come through Cause I'll always be and I've always been Wherever you've gone, I've been with you then Humble your heart, fall on your knees Trust in my ways when still you can't see When I can't see I trust you Job, he falls into the ground Covers his hand to his mouth So words won't utter out My God, your wonderful ways No man can understand So now I'll give you my days Cause all I need is you How can I study the Bible better? I want to get to know Jesus But where do I even start? Faith FM would like to invite you to a local Bible study group right here in Druin, where you can join with other people on a journey of discovery, learning about a loving and caring God who wants us to have the best life possible. We meet each Wednesday evening at 6.30pm in the Druin Library Conference Room. All are welcome, so invite your friends and family, and remember, there are no stupid questions. Each Wednesday evening, 6.30pm at the Druin Library Conference Room. For more information, call or text Ben on 0403 053 288. That's 0403 053 288. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Those who sins of 
listening to Cliff Richard with Millennium Prayer here on Faith FM. It is time for question of the day, but before we get into the question of the day, Lawson, give us another clue for our quiz. It's been, I think they've been purposely making this obscure. Okay, yeah, but it's going to change a little bit here. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to run through them super quickly. So firstly, I lived in the Valley of Sarek. 
Um, the only place you can read about me is in the 16th chapter of Judges. I was paid for finding out the means to subdue one of the judges of Israel. The Philistine rulers were the one who, ones who paid me, and I found the secret to Samson's strength. Okay, who found the secret to Samson's strength? Who was the black widow? No, she wasn't quite a... Well, she became a widow, yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay. Now we're just giving away that it's a woman. Okay. Well, if she was married to Samson... That's not what it said. Why are you giving away all these clues? Okay, 1-800-324-843 and you can win the prize. The Christian race, completely for free. But question of the day. Are you ready, Lyle? Yes, I'm ready. So a little bit earlier this week, we talked about the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. Mm -hmm. You know, a kind of topic, a theme that comes up in in, in Christianity. I want to ask the question now, and I'm sure you can qualify this. Um, What's more strict, the letter of the law or the spirit of the law? Yeah, that's a really good question. So uh, let me put it into um, something that would probably possibly be relevant for you, Lawson. Okay. This might help you to understand this one. Mm-hmm. You're driving down the road. The speed limit is 80 kilometers an hour. <laughs> yep. Okay. The letter of the law says what? Go 80 kilometers an hour. 80 kilometers an hour or less. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the spirit of the law says what? Go 80 kilometers an hour. No, that's the letter of the law. (laughs) The letter of the law says drive 80 kilometers an hour. The spirit of the law says drive safely. Yeah, drive safely. Yeah. Okay. So when you're driving down the road, and have you ever been tempted to go, ah, the spirit of the law says drive safely and I can do this safely at 90 kilometers an hour and I'm obeying the spirit of the law? Mm. I'm... uh I invoke the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have the fifth in this country. Doesn't exist in Australia. The right to remain silent. (laughs) You do not have the right to remain silent. This is Australia. (laughs) Okay, so this is this is where um, you know we often come to the 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 tension that there is that exists between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, Mm -hmm. and because the spirit of the law is to drive safely, and the letter of the law is eighty kilometres an hour. Of course, the police force are always going to enforce. The letter of the law. Mm. Uh, often we are like, well, you know, the spirit of the law says, you know, da, 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 da. like, uh, for instance, the, the, the letter of the law says thou shalt not lie. And then we say, well, the spirit of the law says don't do any harm. Mm. And so then we choose when and how we can lie because we obey the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. Okay. So what does the Bible say? First of all, the Bible says that the spirit of the law is much, much more important than the letter of the law. Mm -hmm. Jesus outlines this on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, and I'll give you a couple of examples of it right here. It says, You have said by them of old that you shall not kill. That's the letter of the law. Thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say... Whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Mm. Okay, the, the letter of the law says don't kill anyone. The spirit of the law says don't what? Be don't angry with Be them. angry, yeah. Okay, so which one is stricter right here? Which one is holding the higher standard right here? The spirit of the law. The spirit of the law is a much, much higher standard than the letter of the law and much more specific and much stricter. There is another example right here. Uh, Let me see here. Verse 27, you have heard that it was said by them in old times, you shall not commit adultery. Okay, 
But I say to you that whoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Okay, so the letter of the law simply says, um, I, I guess you shall. You, you could say it, 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 it says you shall not have you know, insertive sex with somebody that you're not married to. Mm-hmm. That's the letter of the law. Uh-huh. But can you do a lot of wrong things without doing that? Yes. Absolutely you can. And Jesus outlines it very, very clear here when Jesus says, um, you can't even look on a woman to lust after her without committing adultery with her already in your heart. And mm. so the let, the spirit of the law is a much higher standard, much more specific, and you could read it as much stricter than the letter of the law. Mm. You cannot use the concept of, oh, I'm obeying the spirit of the law to break the law. Mm. That makes no sense at all. If you are obeying the spirit of the law, you are obeying the law and more. Mm-hmm. So the spirit of the law in the 80-kilometer zone is less than 80 kilometers an hour. That's the biblical standard on okay. the spirit of the law. That is the <laughs> biblical standard. How to drive standard. biblically. That's right. Absolutely. Anyway, there's a few thoughts to leave with you this morning. Um, I thought th- a few thoughts to challenge all of us, uh, particularly Lawson and myself in relationship <laughs> to speed limits. Uh, right now we need to move on with our show. This is the Lesser Light Collective. Um, I want to see Jesus. You're listening to... Faith FM. He was mourning for his people, slaves in exile for all their sin. Then the dawning down by the river struck down and silent when he saw. Clothed in white, face like lightning, golden linen, his voice a cry, vision bright, Daniel trembling, mercy and love in those eyes. Yeah. 
Welcome back, everybody. That was the Lesser Light Collective with I Want to See Jesus here on Faith FM. And we have come to the end of the breakfast show. So uh, as we always do at the end of the breakfast show, we have a free giveaway for you. Get ready to give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. Or get ready to text us on 0491-064-669. And there will be a free offer coming your way. We began the show by talking about... Halloween, actually not at the beginning of the show, but near the beginning of the show, we talked about Halloween, which is a celebration of the dead, and particularly uh, spirits that are floating around or supposedly floating around at that particular time of, uh, or this particular time of year. And we have a free giveaway that kind of relates to that. What have you got for us there, Lawson? Um, so I have a, a little booklet here called Judgment and Hell. Okay, who's it by? <laughs> it's by Jim Ayer, and it's it's a really cool little book. It's it's just going over what um, the Bible actually says about judgment and hell. Of course, yes, you know this is. Does a- the Bible say that there is a place called purgatory? Does the Bible say that mm. um, on All Hallows Eve? otherwise known as Halloween, the spirits of those who are moving from purgatory to heaven pass through this earth and have a bit of a celebration on their way Mm. through. Are there extra evil spirits, not evil spirits, are there extra spirits of the dead floating around this evening? Mm, Fully. And of course, at this time of year, it's a super hot button topic as well as like this book, Judgment and Hell, like just being a a topic that's particularly spooky or scary to a lot of people they're like oh man that's heavy that's hectic well look if you want to know what the bible says give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you'll get this book completely for free and you'll know the truth what what the bible says absolutely all right so give us a call right now 1-800-324-843 is the number and don't forget to join us again tomorrow morning
seek knock You will find Surely find The way, the truth And the life Is in Christ Jesus What would it profit A man If he gains the whole world But loses his soul What would it profit A man If he gains the whole world